November 14th. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, through chapter 12, verse 13. Well, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others trusted God and were tortured, preferring to die rather than turn from God and be free. They placed their hope in the resurrection to a better life. Some were mocked, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in dungeons. Some died by stoning, and some were sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about in skins of sheep and goats, hungry and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world. They wandered over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All of these people we have mentioned received God's approval because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had far better things in mind for us that would also benefit them, for they can't receive the prize at the end of the race until we finish the race. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy He knew would be His afterward. Now He is seated in the place of highest honor beside God's throne in heaven. Think about all he endured when sinful people did such terrible things to him so that you don't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you entirely forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you, his children? He said, My child, don't ignore it when the Lord disciplines you, and don't be discouraged when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves— and He punishes those He accepts as His children. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as His own children. Who ever heard of a child who was never disciplined? If God doesn't discipline you as He does all of His children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really His children after all. Since we respect our earthly fathers who disciplined us, should we not all the more cheerfully submit to the discipline of our Heavenly Father and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always right and good for us because it means we will share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. But afterward, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So, 
Take a new grip with your tired hands and stand firm on your shaky legs. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then those who follow you, though they are weak and lame, will not stumble and fall, but will become strong. This week's Bible Meditation Proverbs 3, 5-6 Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Guys, this is the Word of God. He's given you the power. He says you can walk out these doors and never worry again. Can you imagine what life would be like? Do you believe it's possible to walk out these doors and never worry again? I really believe it's possible to just never worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In everything by prayer and petition, never worrying, but in everything by prayer and petition. You ever, you ever pray about something and then worry about it afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> Usually, right? Let me ask you something. Okay. How many of you have, a, you know, I don't know how many of you guys are, are working in the church or wherever, even if you're working in another job somewhere, how many of you have ever been in a position where you had people working under you that you'd give assignments to? Okay, most of you, in, in some capacity. Let me ask you something. When you would give an assignment to someone, you would hand them something to do, would you give it to them? After you gave them the assignment, would you worry about it getting done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, are there ever times when you give an assignment to one of your workers and you don't worry about it getting done? Are there ever times like that? Yeah, yeah, when? When when have you given something to someone and you didn't worry about it? When does that happen? Uh, When I knew that I could depend on them. Perfect. When you knew that you could depend on them. That's a statement that killed me. I'm a boss. I tell people, do this, do that. A lot of times I follow up, I worry, I'm going, it's not going to get done. You know, whatever else. But there's other times I hand someone an assignment, and I know it's going to get done. Why? Because I know I can depend on that person. What does that tell you about what you think about God? When you pray, and then you worry about it getting done. That killed me. It's the most simple, obvious thought, right? But it it was like a light bulb went on where I thought, I don't trust God. I give him things. I give him assignments. I say, Lord, here is this. Just use it for your glory. You know, you do whatever will glorify you the most. You make this happen, you know, in your timing and everything else. And then I sit around and I worry. Why? Because bottom line, I don't trust him. I don't know if he really heard me. I don't know if he's really going to get it done. I don't know if he can really take care of the job better than I can take care of it. 
You guys, that, that revelation right there, you know, to, to say, you know what, because when I depend on someone, I just give them something, and I don't worry about it anymore. Because they're dependable, they're trustworthy. So you guys, can we learn to think that way about our God? That by everything, by prayer and petition, it's like, wow, I just took that off my chest, I just gave it to the Lord. And he's going to work it out for his good, for his glory. Everything revolves around him anyways. So here it is. And let me go back to my rejoicing. See, don't you understand? This is like a father looking at his little children in this room and going, you guys, why are you so stressed out? Just give it to me. I'll get it done. And go back to rejoicing in me. I mean, imagine if your kids... We're just stressed out at home all day. Worried about, oh man, is mom really going to cook dinner? Are we going to get food tonight? You know? It's like, is that the way you want your children acting? Man, it's like, is dad going to bring home a paycheck or what? Am I going to have to get another paper route? You know, am I going <laughs> to... You don't want your kids living that way, right? I mean, don't you want your kids just at home? Don't you want to hear the laughter, the playing? And it's like, ah, oh, they know dinner's going to come. They know, you know what? You know, money comes out of this machine. My dad just puts a card in it, you know? It's just like, whatever. I just, you know, dad's here. Everything's cool. Mom's here. Everything's taken care of. That's the way you want your home, right? Guys, that's the way that the Heavenly Father wants us to be. He doesn't like seeing his children in here just ready to quit and chuck it all and, you know, on all sorts of medication because they're ready to kill themselves. You know, he's just saying, you, you guys, trust me. Rejoice in me. Your name's written in the book of life. Any second you're going to die and spend eternity with me. And we're just going to have joy. We're going to celebrate. We're eat all we want. All this stuff is going on. And you're freaked out. You're terrified. You're worried about the future. And, uh, you know, and, I, and I see my daughter that way. You know, it's funny because she, my, my oldest, she just always needs to know. You know, it could be at Disneyland. It's like, okay, what are we going to do when we get home? It's like, just get on the teacup and enjoy it. <laughs> what in the world? Man, but that's totally the way I live my life, you know? It's like I can be here in the middle of a message and, you know, just so enjoying ministry and yet my mind will immediately, just something will get in there and I'll start worrying about something. And God's just saying, would you knock it off? Just rejoice in me. Just enjoy me. Just fall in love with me to where things happen. You know, I don't care. I'm in love. I don't care. My name's written in the book of life. You know, I don't care any moment I'm going to be with him. I'm not too worried about it. I just told him. You know, I just gave him, you know, the assignment with, with Thanksgiving. And you know what? It's taken care of. I can depend on him. What are you worrying about right now? Honestly, what are you worrying about that you've already prayed about? Why are you worrying about it? You, you really think that God is that untrustworthy? Let's let it go. Let's be his children. Let's laugh. Let's have joy again. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. 
Let your forbearing spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Psalm 112, verses 1 through 10. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, says verse 1. And verses 7 and 8 declare, he will not be afraid. When you fear the Lord, you need not fear anything else. The fear of God is the fear that conquers fear. Now this applies to fears about your family and your finances and even the fear of the dark. If you dread making decisions, well, the Lord will help you. He is your helper in times of trouble and fear. When you fear the Lord, you need not fear bad news, because you know He is in control of all things. And you need not be afraid to give, because God will use your gift and reward you. And don't be alarmed at your enemies. God will take care of them as well. Isaiah proclaimed, The Lord of hosts, let Him be your fear, and let Him be your dread. That's in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 13. Psalm 112, verses 1 through 10. Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord. Yes, happy are those who delight in doing what He commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy, and their good deeds will never be forgotten. When darkness overtakes the godly, light will come bursting in. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. All goes well for those who are generous, who lend freely and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil circumstances. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will be infuriated when they see this. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away, their hopes thwarted. Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. 